What is up, committed footballers? The draft is less than two weeks away, and we couldn't be more excited. Today, we're going to discuss some very polarizing players that are honestly just hard to pinpoint their value in the current dynasty landscape. Then we will dive into the fan favorite, Fair or Fleece. How y'all doing, boys? I'm doing all right. I, uh, right now, we're recording, and also I'm sweating out our fantasy baseball league right now. I'm tied with the guy I'm facing this week, and... I need a hit or a run from one of my players. So I'm sweating that out right now. But other than that, things are good. Been watching a lot of good movies lately and honestly just chilling. The weather's been awesome. So been enjoying it. What about you, Joel? So to explain in football terms, you're watching <laughs> Monday Night Football and you need three catches and uh, maybe like a few yards, we're saying? Yeah, facts. That's that's pretty close to it. Cool. Well, um, yeah, I'm good. Just enjoying the beginning of NBA playoffs and also been doing some work on our back deck in the backyard, just getting everything ready for summer so we can have more people over. Oh, yeah. I'm just really excited about that. So, Colby, how about yourself? I'm doing well. You know, I'm also sweating out a fantasy baseball uh <laughs> weekly matchup so jose abreu is at bat right now and i really need him to not hit a home run and if he doesn't i will win so kind of kind of stressful but yeah i mean like you said fantasy fantasy uh has been really fun fantasy baseball and then also uh the nba playoffs has been a blast i'm a nuggets fan oh, yeah. so i have a lot to root for tonight is our first game with the timberwolves so i'm excited to watch that as well so yeah i think this is a really fun time of year to be a sports fan, especially if you're a sports oh, yeah. fan of all three, because, you know, the draft is, you know, it's not the NFL season, of course, but the draft is still really, really fun and oh, yeah. uh, a lot of storylines to follow. But yeah, today we're getting into a price check, which we did yeah. a few weeks ago, but we are getting back into another one. And these players, you know, like I said before, these are kind of more polarizing players that I think are a little bit harder to evaluate than, you know, say like a Justin Jefferson or a right. Jamar Chase type of style player. Yeah. These aren't the tier one guys for sure. These are, these are some of definitely guys that are helpful, but you know, as we might talk about some guys that you may want off your roster. And I even think that guys like Jefferson and Chase almost to a point play themselves out. Like they value out, like they're just maxed out. Like you're not gonna get Jefferson for two firsts unless it's like two one guaranteed one oh ones and someone is just totally sold. And you're not gonna get them for four firsts unless they're all late first, which you know, like no neither holder of the Jefferson wants to let him go for those things. But right. so as we move on to just going through these players, Colby, you're gonna start us off with the wide receiver one for the Washington Commanders, Eric Bienemy's new favorite weapon, Terry McLaurin. Yeah, so I, I really wanted to talk about Terry McLaurin this episode because I think, I just think he's a really good buy right now. You know, I saw some stats on Twitter. He, over the last two years, he actually has the most contested catches in the NFL at 42. And sometimes that can be, you know, the quarterback not getting the ball. Maybe he's not getting great separation. But still... That type of player is a player you want your roster, and he's really cheap right now. Uh, so I think on any of these, you know, back half first, you know, I see him going for those in leagues. 
Also on Keep Trade Cut, which I know is not perfect, but it is crowdsourced. I mean, he is being valued less than those. Like, you know, we're talking mm-hmm. about the 109, 110, 111, 112. So I w- I definitely think he's a buy. I try to play Dynasty in three-year windows. You know, he's 27 years old. Um, I just think he could peak into a wide receiver one number, but I think we're looking at a really, really solid wide receiver two that is going to, you know, be a, a solid piece in your lineup week in, week out. So, you know, maybe you could take like a Gabe Davis or Gabe Davis in a second, you know, if you still, people still like him, uh, Alan Lazard in a second, you know, get one of those receivers that are just not really, you know, they're not, they're not really valuable to like every single owner, I guess. But I think yeah, you get those middling receivers that, that might uh, cost some value for other owners. I know. I don't know. I just think Terry McLaurin is really uh, cheap right now. So that's why that's yeah. why I think. Colby, let's bump that up, that tier of receivers up to an Ayuk. How would you trade Ayuk for McLaurin? Yeah, I actually, I prefer Ayuk, I think. So I don't. I kind of value them about the same. Yeah, he's 25. But I actually prefer Ayuk just in general. So that's the only problem. I think he's in a better situation. But yeah. Last episode, you spoke really highly of Jahan Dotson. You have high hopes for this Washington offense. What do you? What are your? Do you have concerns about the quarterback room, or do you think Bieniemy and and the weapons around the quarterback can elevate their play? So Terry McLaurin has really never had a quarterback, and he's still produced. Um, so I'm not necessarily worried about that. But with Bieniemy coming over to Washington, I think that he is a solid, you know offensive mind obviously we don't really know what he could do play calling wise because andy reed was obviously the play caller in kansas city yeah but i think i do have high hopes for the offense just because of what you know the type of schemes that they're going to be running and i do think they have talent on that side of the ball it just kind of depends on like how can they get them the ball yeah but he's just cheap right now that's that's really why i i mean now if we get down to like 107 108 I probably prefer the 107 to McLaurin, but like 108, 109, like honestly, I, I think I'd take McLaurin and just roll with him. That's good. I would I would probably agree with with that as well. I mean, at 107, if Levis gets really good draft capital, someone might take him over a JSN or Gibbs, which sets you up perfectly if you like those guys. But I think those leaks are few and far between, to be honest. Yeah, I I really like Terry uh, a lot. I think I agree with Colby completely. He's very undervalued in Dynasty. He seems to be like that one guy who, you know, people just forget about that he's a one in his offense, you know, and that stat about the contested catches I think is great. I I think Dotson's development only helps him. Uh, I know that this team, you know, has Gibson and Brian Robinson, so you'd expect them to, to run the ball a little bit more. Uh, especially with if they roll in with Sam Howell at quarterback. But I do think that, you know, Terry's just going to get the work. He just is. He's a, he's a one in that offense. They're going to make sure that he gets the ball. And like I said, with Dotson developing, you still have Curtis Samuel there. Like, you can't just, you know, double Terry the whole time because they have other talented receivers that are going to be able to to hurt you. You know, maybe not as consistently, but they're definitely there's definitely a, a role – in a world like Colby said, where Terry returns wide receiver one upside 
on on some weeks. But I do think he's more in that wide receiver two range. Um, but if you can get him as your wide receiver three, I mean, you're you're really happy about that, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, he was wide receiver fourteen in our committed football guys yeah. league uh, format last year, and that was his that was his best finish. And like Colby has said, he's had the Allen Robinson quarterback <laughs> room his entire career, and he's still produced. And so, I, I I agree with you guys. I do think that I think his cap is around this wide receiver 14 finish and his his career will probably be 17 to 20 or so. So Colby, uh, as we move on to your next player, the former breakout who <laughs> not many people saw coming uh, two years ago, Mr. Debo Samuel. Yeah, so Debo, I mean, we're talking about a player that, I mean, he's, if he's not the most electric player with the ball in his hands, I don't I don't know who is. Really exploded on the scene in 2021, had 21.2 point per game explosion Crazy. <laughs> in 2021. Yeah, just I mean, an insane amount of points per game. Um, and he was also incredibly efficient. Then he had an injury injury riddled season last year, and also he's just in an intense touch competition right now. It, it, there's really no other way to say it. I mean, you have obviously the quarterback uncertainty as well. But then you have CMC, you have Ayuk, you have Kittle, and then you have Samuel, who I think in a vacuum might be the most talented of all four of those players. I don't think it's crazy to say that, but it's just not necessarily, you know, looking like he will be the guy that they depend on week in and week out. I think yeah. with that whole offense, it's going to be very hard to predict who gets the ball. So, Here's like an actionable thing with Debo. If I only have Debo, I only have one share of Debo. Mm-hmm. And I really don't want to sell him for anything less than like a top 24 wide receiver. I just really don't. I and, and that's that's personally my my conviction on it. I know that some people are, you know, saying, you know, sell him for sell him for a second, sell him for a sell him for a, a late first and like I just I would just rather hold to be honest because yeah. I think that the player is the talent level of the player is so special that I don't, you know, if you can pivot to, if you can pivot to like a top 24 guy, I think it's probably worth that, but I don't think it's worth just getting off him just for the sake of getting off him. I think yeah. he's a strong hold right now through the off season. Yeah. I think like you really want to hold him, especially in like a best ball format. But if you are in a lineup league, which is probably going to be most of most of our listeners, I imagine. I do agree. He's he's kind of a sell just because I I think that that offense, like obviously, it's going to produce a lot of high scores, fantasy wise per week. But I think it's also going to be kind of like a headache of like who's going to get the work, what week. You know what I mean? Like there there's some games where Eli Mitchell is going to get, you know, five six more carries than CMC and score you know 15 points. Like there's going to be weeks where Ayuk is the one getting, you know, all the all the targets and stuff like that. Like you mentioned, Kittle as well. Like there's just going to be weeks where Debo's going to put in, you know, he's just not going to have as many touches. Like you said, he's going to be in a touch competition with everything there. So if you would you flip him for? I mean, I I imagine you'd want to flip him for Terry. Yeah, I would do that pretty comfortably. 
And I feel like with like just the way Terry's viewed, you may be able to get something else with it. You know, maybe not something big, but you know, get a third or a late second thrown in to sweeten it up. Yeah. So if you could the kind of the, the tier break that I, I really don't I I probably should do, but I'm kind of uncomfortable is like pickins. Like I think in mm. that in that range, like I get a little nervous about selling Debo for pickins, but it's just kind of like a situation where it probably would be worth it. And I, I'm not as high on pickings as most, but that's kind of like the, the tier that I get a little nervous about it. Yeah. So Colby saying that you want a top 24 receiver. Is that saying that uh, Debo is outside of your top 24? No, he's in it. Okay. Uh, I, I want to list. I'm just going to sound off. Yeah, Debo is top, top 20 pretty easily for me. Okay, I, mean, I was just clear. I, I was just clear. Yeah, I think Colby's just wanting a, a more consistent, like in a safer yes. situation, top twenty-four guy. Cool. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna list off three receivers who finished in the top twenty-four last year. You tell me if you would trade your Debo for them. The first one's gonna be Jerry Judy. This is so hard, but I think so. <laughs> it doesn't have to be straight up, but you know. I, yeah, yeah. I, I, you probably I get something so. else like along with Judy. Yeah, I imagine. I think like ah, oh, gosh, that is so hard. I'm a Broncos fan. I think so though. Yes, Christian Kirk. Hmm. I th- I don't think so. Really? I, think, I don't. Yeah. I want. I want receiver eleven over. last year. Yeah, I don't know. I I just I'm gonna say no on that one. Okay, and finally Amari Cooper. Yeah. Um, so I guess if I'm in a you know two year window or something like that, like I probably would. But yeah. I could really regret. I, I I could see myself really regretting that trade. Like yeah. I mean, he, like you said, he is easily one of the most exciting players in the league with the ball in his hand, catching it after the catch, running the ball through the tackles, and he's definitely a guy who, if he's healthy. I do think that the Kyle Shanahan system should be trusted. So it's, it, it wouldn't hurt you to hold on to him. What I'll about, feel, I, I would just have an interesting question. So would you rather have Jamison Williams or him? Ooh. This one's tough for me. I think I go with JMO. I don't know though. It's close. That's tough. So Debo's 27. JMO, man, that's tough. I really like the prospect of I was just so excited about Jamison Williams when he was at Alabama. Yeah. Philly and I were we texted about him constantly, it felt like. Yeah. And like I'm an LSU fan, so for me to like talk highly about an Alabama player, like that means a lot. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Christian Watson. I think I'll take Watson. I'll take Debo. I oh, I would take okay. Debo too. I'm not sold on the Packers offense right now. Although I my trade offers lately in the league have said otherwise. <laughs> I think Watson, like obviously he's he's inflated by like the touchdowns and stuff like that, but like he's gonna get touches. Like it's not like Jordan Love's never gonna complete a pass, you know. And uh, and I think that you you probably don't have to worry about you don't have to worry about touches too much, in my opinion. There with the Packers, like I think the only thing you need to worry about is uh, is running the ball. A lot, but at the same time, if we're not like totally sold on their offense, like there's also options for garbage time for him, you know. 
if they're down a lot and stuff like that, like they're going to be throwing the football and, you know, those are still valuable. Well, here's to hoping they draft Dalton Kincaid. (laughs) Okay, so next we're going to move on to the potential running back one in Chicago, Philly's very own baby boy, Khalil Herbert. (laughs) All right, so this is a guy who I was like really excited about. I've been really excited about just in general since he came out. He's really electric with the ball in his hands. When he gets a regular amount of touches, he does something with it. I mean, last year he had 5.7 yards per carry. Uh, he had a 30-point game. And I just I love watching him play because he's, he's a really good running back, but he's been behind David Montgomery first two seasons of his career. Monty gone, you're like, oh, man, Khalil could really take over. But here's the problem. They brought in Dante Foreman. They also brought in Travis Homer, which I, I don't think is much of anything at all. But they did bring in Deontay Foreman, who is not as talented, I don't think, overall as Monty, but he's definitely, you know, kind of in that Jamal Williams vein. And so with that, you know, I worry about him actually getting, them being committed to him having the significant touches. Now, this might have already caught up to some of your managers in your leagues, but to me, I definitely think... He's a sell. And for me, he was a buy going into in, in the middle of last season and going to the offseason because I was expecting, hey, he's going to get the keys to the car and, and be the number one guy. Um, but right now, I, I do think that with the addition of, of Foreman and there's just the possibility that they draft another young running back in the draft, that that he is he's he's going to be more of a headache, um, similar to how we were talking with Debo with the touches and everything like that. Like, I just think that if you can get something else you know what do y'all think his price is because i i think for me if i got an early second i would probably take it maybe if i got a player in the deal i'd i'd be much happier about it but it's kind of hard to gauge his value just because he's not really been you know workhorse guy but there was just like there's there's just been so many flashes and then now he's probably i mean he's going to be in a committee again um, so it's just like, is he going to be a Monty in this committee or is he, is it going to be 50, 50? I think if it's 50, 50 closer, uh, to a 50, 50, then he might be a hold just because you probably won't get enough value back for it. But what do y'all think? I'd sell him for any first, any random first, but yeah, I definitely I've, would too. I've been lower on Herbert kind of throughout his tenure, but I think the biggest reason why I'm low on him coming into the year is because the best rusher on the team is the quarterback on the team. And, you know, they're going to give him the opportunity to, to run the ball. I just, I really do think they're going to do that because he's that incredible of a rusher. And then Foreman, Foreman's a legit running back. In the yeah, NFL. he is. I mean, they just, you know, and, and he doesn't get any love, but I mean, he lit it up for the Panthers last year. He really did. Um, and he looked good doing it. So I would agree with you that an early second, I mean, sent him away for that, like pretty comfortably. Like I would feel great about that. You know, those 24 seconds look really good right now. Those. They really do. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I would, I would consider that pretty heavily. It wouldn't be a slam dunk because it could be late, but like, you know, um, as far as like a player, 
I don't know. Joel, do you have any players in mind? Yeah, I think the reality is you're not getting a first for Herbert unless somebody really believes in him. And I think the Bears have shown that he's not going to be – he's not going to get what Monty got early in his career. So here's yeah. here's three trades that we can go through dealing with Khalil Herbert. Um, Khalil Herbert and the 109 or Najee Harris? Najee. Yeah, I'm going Najee. Okay. What about Juju straight up for Khalil? Oh, gosh. This, this is disgustingly gross. <laughs> I like, I honestly, I'm not a fan of both these players, but I guess I, gosh, I, I think I'd go Herbert, honestly. It's tough. I don't, I, I do think that there's an opportunity for Juju to be pretty solid this year, but yeah, I'd, I'd probably go Juju. I don't know though. I hate that trade. I feel like I need to take a shower. It's disgusting. <laughs> it's real greasy. All right. What about yeah. Mike? Mike Williams and the 206 for Khalil Herbert. I mean, I, I would take Mikey pretty easily there. I mean, the 206 is just extra gravy. Yeah, I think so too. So we're going to move from Khalil Herbert, and we're going to go to the 2019 wide receiver two, second to only our boy, Michael Thomas. <laughs> and that's going to be Chris Godwin, who was the benefactor of Jameis Winston's reckless throwing of the ball in that season. So Philly, what do you think about a price on Chris Godwin going into 2023 without Tom Brady? I I still love Godwin like a lot. Like I think that he has shown that he is incredibly talented. He is only 27. You know, his only really like tough year is his rookie year. Other than that, he's been and then, like an injury, uh, he only played 12 games in 2020. But other than that, he's been a top three receiver every single year. He's improved basically every single year. Uh, well, he hasn't improved every single year. I should take that back because his number, his uh, wide receiver two year was was crazy. Um, but here's the thing. Here's here's my opinion on it. We're talking about you know, hey, Terry's kind of a buy, and his quarterback situation isn't necessarily any more safe than Godwin's, you know, or or any more, like, better looking than Godwin's, right? We saw one game of Sam Howell last year, if he is the quarterback, and it was good, but, like, you know, it's the last game of the season. There's been a lot of guys who fooled us. And so, for me, I just think that, obviously, like, Kyle Trask, uh, if he is does end up being the quarterback or whoever it's going to be, like, obviously, there's, there's just going to be some inherent risk. But the truth is, is that I think that he – is more suited for uh, like getting more of the touches than Mike Evans because Evans to me isn't like the possession receiver. He's the downfield threat. Um, big and play. Godwin, yeah, big play guy. Godwin's more of the underneath guy, the guy that's just going to slip, go into the middle of the field and things like that, a safety blanket guy. So for that, I think he's going to get peppered with targets, honestly. And again, only 27. Who knows? Kyle Trask could be solid. I mean, he's, he was sitting behind Brady, so it's not like we're ever going to bench Brady for Trask. And so if they go into the year with Trask, like obviously we've, you know, people have talked bad about that coaching staff for good reason. But, you know, if they go in there trusting Kyle Trask, like I got to, I have a sense that like they at least know, you know, what looks good at the quarterback position if they've watched Tom Brady the last few years, you know? So I think he's being undervalued right now. He was a guy that I think 
uh, a couple years ago, you know, or even last year, you're like, it's it's hard to to buy Godwin, you know. But now, now I think he's he's way cheaper. And to me, if you can get a really talented wide receiver, you know, a guy who only once has has finished as you know wide receiver two, but if you can get a guy that has that kind of ceiling, I mean, I'm I'm totally down to buy, you know, for for what he's going at right now. I think he's a little bit more expensive than Terry, but I, I really like Godwin still. Okay, so what about how do you compare him to DJ Moore? I want Godwin. Okay, yeah, I would also say Godwin is more valuable than DJ, as exciting as he could be with Fields. What about you, Colby? This is kind of hard. Do I trust Fields is going to develop as a passer? I and mean, he passed really well in college. I think I'm going to go more here. Okay. How about Godwin and the 203 or Tony Pollard? In this scenario, are the Cowboys drafting Bijan Robinson? <laughs> I'd probably take Pollard, to be honest. I and like I, I that goes against everything that I've ever believed in, or <laughs> you know, but I if Pollard is the Cowboys starting running back, he is going to absolutely smash. Yeah. Like it's just that's the only thing, but there's also a thing of like, okay, this is dynasty. They're only like two years apart in age, I think. And Godwin's the wide receiver. And so like, that's a trade that I think that if you make it and you're on the Godwin side, you're basically like furious at yourself all next season. But after that, you might be fine. You know what I mean? Like it's to me, it's kind of like the, I hate to always bring this up, but it's kind of like the cup. I trade where like, Oh my gosh. You, you look at him. <laughs> Why? You look, you look Why? At and he's having this, this amazing season. This. No, I'm serious because now it's like, yeah, I think Ayuk is, you know, I think we still have Cup pretty high, but Ayuk's closer to his value than, than he was at the time, you know? No, that was a bad trade. That was a bad trade. I, I teared down too far. That was, still, that was when I. Yeah, that was bad trade though. I don't. So I don't want to do. What? I'm just saying, like there, there are trades that look bad after one year, but now it's like it doesn't look as bad. It doesn't look Be- as bad, but still, like all the context involved, like it was still bad. I don't disagree with that. I'm just saying that like Ayuk played a part in you winning a title. He did, and so like uh, that's and it doesn't help or it doesn't hurt that Cup got hurt. And like that's not that's not saying that I root for injuries, but yeah, it's just it's just true. I'm just saying we we've seen plenty of running backs after their age 25 season go downhill immediately. Yeah, I just and the other scenario that about Pollard is he was tagged, and so the Cowboys might not bring him back. Yeah, but man, if he's the if he's the Cowboys guy, like he's just gonna be so good. I feel like for the next like two to three years. I do feel like they draft a guy though this year. Like maybe not Bijan, but I think they they might draft a yeah a guy to to split some carries. Maybe more like 70, 65, 35, or 70, 30 carries. Can't yeah. believe Colby's out here catching strays. How about this? I, know. <laughs> I wasn't trying to. I was trying to make a point that sometimes <laughs> trades take a couple years to actually show their value. For sure. So what I 
you kind of touched on a little bit, Philly, but what I love about Chris Godwin is his style of play is so quarterback friendly, which could be exactly. great. We could be great for an inexperienced quarterback, which is going to be the case unless Baker wins the job, I guess, is the best option oh, as far as I forgot about Baker. Holy NFL experience. Yeah. Jeez. I mean, still though, Baker, I think Baker can make Godwin work, even though Baker's terrible. Yeah, yeah, for I, sure. I, Baker stinks. So how about Godwin and the 107 or Amon Ra St. Brown? Oh, Amon Ra. Yeah, I mean, you're you're kind of the tier, the tier, it's too far of a tier down. Yeah. So would you need that first to be 105 or 106? So you get well, yeah, well, then we're talking then we're talking like a, a premier player. So I'd probably take the package in that scenario, but like yeah. Uh, 107, 107 you're looking, is just yeah, it's just too much. It's too far down. You're either looking at probably Charbonnet, or if you really believe in Zay Flowers, or if you still believe Will in Levis, Addison. I mean, yeah, or if you want Will Levis, I don't know. I think yeah, 105 or 106. You're looking at either JSN or Gibbs probably, and that's like that's pretty solid. Yeah, like you know? that's exciting. Like that's who you want, but. And even even so, like I think like the one oh six and Godwin, there's still a pretty good argument for Amon Ra, but I'd probably take the package. Is Godwin in y'all's top twenty still? Yeah. But probably he's, closer to the bottom. I was gonna say he's he, probably I mean, he's, very he's close probably to 20. twenty. I think it's close to. I just still think I think with the value right now, like his stock is low. Probably as low as it's Dude, you get. can you can get him. I I've seen him go way cheaper than. Like I think I've seen him go for like two hundred one before, on yeah. trade cut. So I mean that's I mean that's like so cheap. He's cheaper than Terry right now. Right, okay, just because and that's of what I'm the saying. Situation. And I I don't think I think like, you know we we saw the best of Allen Robinson in a, a horrible situation. That's true. Yeah, and then we saw Allen Robinson last year and. So I'm saying, and it seemed like a perfect he was, situation. He was Andy Holloway's uh, <laughs> top 12 wide receiver. I'm sorry, Andy. I know you're not listening, but I'm a big fan. <laughs> and it, I just still remember when Andy made that that take, and I was like, okay, this this might be his downfall because <laughs> that's not happening. <laughs> Andy Holloway, big friend of the program. We're gonna move on to our next player for our price check and this will be my first player who is austin eckler now here i'm going to be using a few numbers from keep trade cut and like colby mentioned earlier there are a number of flaws it's kind of like dynasty twitter there's much to learn (laughs) from but there's also much to avoid and i think sometimes on keep trade cut the issue is Age can be a distracting factor for a lot of dynasty managers on keep trade cut specifically to the point where it takes away the way that they view the elite talent in the NFL. I don't care how old Austin Eckler is. I don't care how old or Christian McCaffrey. Obviously in dynasty, it can't all be about talent. It has to be how long will they be this good. But I think guys like Eckler and McCaffrey truly do – they're the outliers, so you can't do it for everyone. 
but those guys are just better than the younger guys. And that's just our dynasty rankings reflect that for those two specifically. So he's the 54th ranked player on keep trade cut, which is not okay. He's their running back 10. He'll be 29 to start the season. He was the running back one last year. He was the number four overall player. And on a contender, I'd be willing to send the 106 and below as a straight-up trade. If you are a top three team, four team in your league, and you have the 106, and you feel Eckler can push you over the top more so than whoever's left out of JSN, Gibbs, and Levis, obviously the the aforementioned before Levis, if you think that Eckler gives you a, a lock of a chance to compete more than the other teams ahead of you, or around you, I think you take that. Obviously, you're missing out on two potential premier players, but with proven talent on a level of Eckler's, I think you're gonna have to you're gonna have to give something meaningful up to get Austin Eckler. It's whoever has him isn't gonna let him walk for nothing simply because he's gonna be 29. I think that's just a reality you have to live with. And so Obviously, there's going to come a day when he hits a wall, but I'm willing to take a risk on that top tier. You know, is Los Angeles going to trade him? Are they going to let him go? That's yet to be determined, and I'm really not sure how I feel about that. Do we think that he can still be a top three running back outside of the Chargers system? What do you guys think there? I don't no. think so. Pretty easily, no. Uh yeah. When you look at what the Chargers do, they literally just give him the ball. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, that's what they do. So let's say so, somehow no. he gets traded to Atlanta. What do you... Oh, that'd does, be horrible. Does he, does he fall for you? Yes. So here's the thing with Eckler is that... With like, Desmond Ritter as their quarterback? Arthur Smith. I think, Arthur Smith, baby. <laughs> he does love to establish the run. But here's the thing. The weird thing with Eckler is that... He gets goal line touches in that offense. And to me, like, like obviously he just doesn't look like the prototypical goal line running back. But if he doesn't get that, like, in his next area, which I, I don't think that they'll bring him back. I don't think so. He, wanted, he requested a trade. Seems like he's, he's out of there. So with that, like, I, I definitely think his value goes down fairly significantly, uh, truthfully. Like, I, I don't know if I'd necessarily put him outside of the top 10 for sure, but like, obviously, I mean, like, I, I'm trying to think of like where would like a really solid landing spot that would like make sense and he really wouldn't lose value. And I don't think, I don't know if there is one right now. I mean, it's probably the usual suspects for every single top running back. Cincinnati. Goes, it goes through the cycle of Cincinnati, Cincinnati really cool. Kansas City. Um, Buffalo, Miami, Miami for sure. I mean, those if are gonna... he goes to Cincinnati or Miami, he probably doesn't drop too much for me. But I mean, that's like for any rank. I mean, Dalvin Cook could go one, to one of those places as well. He, Dalvin Cook could go to the Chargers. Yeah, the issue with that is who who doesn't have a running back and is willing to pay one. Because Cincinnati's whole thing is they're probably not going to pay Joe Mixon. Minnesota's whole thing yeah. is they they don't want to pay Dalvin Cook. So we're getting to a place where these older running backs, even though they're really talented, they're putting up top 10 seasons, the teams don't want to pay them anymore 
how they used to. And so we're really going to start seeing guys either break and stay with their teams and take less money or go somewhere else where they may end up being in more of a committee than they're used to. That's why I want to get off of guys like Eckler, Cook, Mixon, you know, obviously Zeke, I mean, for sure. But it's just like with, with you want to go young right now just because, like you said, no one's getting big contracts, and so they have to settle for places where they're not going to be the workhorse more than likely. And I think that the NFL is obviously just moving to a place where pretty much everywhere is going to be running back, running back by committee pretty soon. Um, but, but still, you know, if, if that's the case, then give me the young guy, you know, because there's more years in that committee. So you have Austin Eckler and the manager who has Christian Watson offers you Watson straight up. Do you take it? No, 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 I wouldn't do that. Okay. What about Watson? It's like Christian Watson tear down. Yeah. So it has to be Wat- Watson and a first, probably mid first. I'm assuming. Honestly, that's I more interesting. Do it. It's I more interesting. Okay. If you can get Charbonnet out of the deal with it, Watson and Charbonnet is pretty interesting. Okay. It's like if you're like looking for a running back still, replacement. It's still too far of a tear down for me. I probably wouldn't do it. What about a uh, Brandon Ayuk? No. So would it have to be Ayuk in a second? Ayuk in a first? What would that? What I mean, would I that just, have? I just want an elite, elite player. If I'm going to be trading an elite, elite asset, so yeah. So you, I mean, send, you're you just send? you're going, you're doing the cup Ayuk thing that you you're going too far down. And I, I said this before, and the first episode that we ever did, do not tear down too far. You will regret it. As someone who did it, do not do it. It is not worth it. So you can tear down further, but the package has to grow. That's why I'm saying, what would it take to add on to an IUK for you to let go of Eckler? An elite asset, like a 102, 103. You know, like an elite, elite asset. I mean, I just, I can't. 105, 106? do it. I mean, probably. I, it it, it wouldn't, it's not a slam dunk, I don't think. It's a good trade, though. So okay, but, what what about the flip side? What would you be willing to add to your Eckler to get a Chris Olave? A well, a, a Chris Wilson? Olave. I th- well, they're both elite assets. I think they're close to a straight up. Yeah, but I don't think the the manager who has those receivers would do that straight up, unless their wide receiver room is insane. I, it just it honestly just depends. Yeah, I think it, it depends too. It's it's circumstantial. You know, I we have owners in our leagues that they just want to win. Like that's literally all they care about. And you know, I understand that because I'm kind of that way too. I just want to win, but I kind of have a dynasty outlook on it. But we have we play dynasty with sub managers that play it like redraft, and they just don't care if their players are old. So in that situation, like you might you might be able to do that. That's true. So uh, here's this was just kind of a funny one that I put together because I was using keep trade cuts value to try and build some of these trades. And it considered this a fair trade. Eckler on side A and Isaiah Pacheco and Michael Thomas on side B. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. Oh my God. No, I mean, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that's no. disgusting. Ne- next. That's, no, next. That's a shower trade for sure. Yeah. yeah no. <laughs> like literally, just, I, I don't even want to think about that anymore. We both had visceral reactions to that. (laughs) 
No. <laughs> Do not tear down too far. That that needs to be the 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 uh what's it called? Our tagline. Episode, the title. Yes. Do not tear down too far. It is not worth it. Don't do it. We'll be sure to, to add in the show notes. Don't do it. You will be miserable. <laughs> so that was fun. Here's my second player for a price check and our final player of the segment. And what we're going to do is we're going to under, we're going to operate under the assumption that he's the starter and on his team this season. If he's not, then never listen to this episode again, people. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go just with, skip this part, Joel. Golly. Yeah, just <laughs> just press play and turn yeah, the volume I mean, down. Come on now, like this is <laughs> just give us the play and then move on. But I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about Alexander Madison, a player who's really exciting when he's on the field, and someone who's really picking up some steam. Uh, in the dynasty community simply because the Vikings are becoming a little bit more vocal about not caring about Dalvin Cook. So Cook's gone. I mean, I think it's like yeah, pretty it's much like done. set in stone. So here's some really staggering numbers for him. I'm not going to worry about keep trade cuts rankings because it, it doesn't reflect him being the starter there. He's going to be 25 when next season starts. He was running back 51 last season. Those that That's very uninspiring. But here's the thing. The story of his career has been when Dalvin Cook is out, you start Alexander Madison. It's death taxes and start him when Dalvin Cook misses a game. Because since 2020, this is a small sample size, so just keep that in mind. It's only six games. But since 2020, when Madison receives 50% or more of snaps, he's averaged 21.9 points per game in PPR. 21.9 points per game. It's 22 points per game is just above what Eckler produced last year as the running back one, and it would have been running back two in terms of points per game the year before. And it's just less than what Dalvin Cook produced in this same offense in 2020 when he finished as the running back two overall. Obviously, we can't rely on Madison to score with that volume on a weekly basis simply because sure. it's a small sample size. But he's proven that when he is the running back, the primary running back on the field for the Vikings, he can produce. And his value is likely to really swell once Cook is officially released or traded. So the time to try and get this deal done is now, even though it's much riskier simply because it's not done yet. And maybe the guys – I mean, I tried to go out and get Madison in a league today – and the manager texted me and was like, we're just not going to make a deal with him until we know what's going on and we can revisit then. So that's probably what's going to happen in most leagues if your guys are paying attention. But as far as picks go, I like him more than most mocked second-round rookie draft picks. But the issue is I don't think I would – send a first for him just yet unless the format and the team context was really perfect and it was like a late first so starting at 201 i'd take him above basically all that if i've had to give up a late first for him i'd want something else thrown in like a future two or three and it's hard because we haven't seen extended stretches of him being used as a starter but i see like running back 15 in terms of points per game as a realistic outlook for him as a starter and that's roughly 13 to 14 points per game. That's kind of where those running backs have finished in the last couple of years. So I'm going to list off some players and I'd like to hear your thoughts on if you would take 
Alexander Madison as the starting running back for the Minnesota Vikings or the players that I'm about to name. The first one is Jacoby Myers. I want Madison. I would take Madison pretty easily, but I also don't like Myers very much. Yeah, I'm not a Myers fan. Okay, what about someone we just talked about in Chris Godwin? Oh, give me Godwin. Godwin. Like, Godwin, it's like so easy. It's not even, I, I would smash that trade except like easily. Okay, I, how- I'd send that guy, I'd send that guy a thank you card. I'd <laughs> bake, bake him a pie. I, I would literally do whatever he wants. Okay, what about Mike Williams? It's harder, but I'd probably take Mike Williams. Yeah, I think. I think I'd lean that, but I, I do like Madison. I think the problem is is that I think uh, they're probably going to draft a guy. Now, they did sign him to a two-year extension or a two-year deal. I think it was an extension, but maybe it was just a straight-up deal a month ago. So he's going to be there for the next two years on a very cheap deal, though. It was two million, or two years, seven million. Um, so they don't have a ton invested in him. So that, like, that's, my, like, that's my cause for pause there but i do like him and i do like the talent i just worry that they draft a young guy and it ends up being you know a 60 40 split carry you know type of a thing i can see them drafting a receiver who is more meaningful to the offense before a running back but that kind of is the same purpose you know yeah if if there's a receiver who they draft in round one and he's getting the ball, it's the same thing as a running back. Even if Madison's on the field, it doesn't really matter if he's not getting touches. Yeah. So what about um, Marquise Hollywood-Brown? I'd probably go Hollywood. But I don't hate Hollywood. I'm, a, I'm actually a fan. I See, I, I'm the people, opposite. Most people I, hate him. I don't like Hollywood that much. But I, I'll probably go Hollywood here just because wide receivers, I think, are just more important. But I, I do want to say the Vikings have the first pick, or uh, not the first pick. In the first round, they have the 23rd pick. Then they have a third, a fourth, a fifth, and a sixth. They could get a guy with how deep this running back class is in the fourth that you know that they can split carries with. I'm not saying it will happen. I'm just saying that there is the opportunity for that. For sure, and a lot of mocks have them because they're in that stretch of Chargers, Ravens, and then them. I'm seeing a lot of mocks with receiver, receiver, receiver. Um, yeah. Back to back to back. And so my, my only thought is if they take a receiver first round, I don't think they would go running back third round. And then every round you get past that third round, that player is less and less likely to be much of a factor. But if they draft one, I think it does give you reason to not be as high on Madison. I mean, admittedly. So I, yeah. I think that's very that's very plausible. You know, I guess I guess we'll just have to wait and see. And so when I look at the running back class here, and I guess you guys just give me your input as well, what running backs past Bijan, Gibbs, and Charbonnet would you take before Madison? Or just roughly how many? You don't have to name all of them. Maybe just like two or three. Is it like I I take Tucker, Tucker, A-Chain, Tucker. Spears, those guys? Um. Yeah. Tank. Maybe Miller. Yeah, maybe Miller. In the right situation. There's I mean, there's there's a lot of really good run backs. It it's it's gonna depend on the draft capital too. I mean, truthfully. Yeah. Because like, man, I love Israel Vanakanda, but he might get drafted to 
you know, the Falcons or something. You know, I don't know. He just might, it might, he just might get drafted too late. Right, exactly. And uh, which, I mean, we have seen a, a, a recent run of third, fourth, fifth, I mean, even Pacheco's uh, draft capital getting some real run in the rookie season uh, just because running backs aren't valued as much. So, you know, those fourth-round guys are still worth something, you know. I think draft capital for running backs is going to start to matter less and less. Obviously, for the elite talent, there yeah. are going to be those first rounders and those top 40 picks, those, you know, mid to late second rounders. But I think as we keep going on and progressing as the league, how it is, we're not worried about it as much. Now, like a Tyler Algier kind of guy, he's taken in the fifth round. He might give you a top 20 season. You're, you're feeling good about it, but. You also, you know, are you really expecting much more than that in his career? Probably not. Right. So, like you said, there's a ton of depth. But, yeah, that's that was really good on on prices, guys. I feel like we're really starting to hone in on some of these players who can fill your wide receiver two, three, one of your flex spots, your running back two spots, especially as we get more clarity from the draft and as the offseason – progresses and we get into the camp see who's performing and who's not performing and of course once we see these guys start to to boom or bust we're going to start trading and when we have trades philly what does that mean we're going to have that means that we are going to have more fair or fleece now all right here's what happened we recorded our bonus trade episode and i guess when we announced that like our league was like hey let's just absolutely go bonkers uh since what was the stat colby since april the start of april we've had 14 trades yeah in 16 days we've had 14 trades in 16 days we've had 14 trades now all the trades that we're talking about have all happened since we recorded just last sunday or sunday or monday whenever we recorded and they're awesome uh there's a there's a ton of fun trades to talk about big trades uh, so we're gonna go ahead and just dive right into our fair fleece, and uh, and we're really excited to talk more about them. So uh, the first three are gonna come, or sorry, the first four are gonna come from the same league. This is our committed football guys league, twelve team super flex, full PPR start eleven. The first trade is the one hundred three and the one hundred six, and the other side is Justin Fields in a twenty four fourth. Colby, what do you think of this trade? I don't think it's a fleece. I just, I'll start off with that. I've known this moment was going to come where I have to <laughs> analyze this trade. And I still am like really split on it, to be honest. Like, I really just, I just think it could go either way. I think, think you could really re- regret losing fields, but also, you know, you get, two I think elite assets for it obviously the 24 fourth is nothing you know you're talking about 103 you're talking about Bryce Young or maybe Anthony Richardson if you're feeling spicy uh or CJ Stroud if the uh the 102 owner yeah falls in yeah love with you're right Rich. you're right and like that might be a thing if, and if I, I think if you get CJ Stroud here that changes the trade a lot by a lot but you do have 105 and 106 in this league, so. But I guess like if I'm just analyzing the trade on 106 and 103, I I think it's pretty. I think it's fairly even. 
I just I don't know. Ask me in a week. I, I might I might think differently. I, I I really like just have gone back and forth on this. Yeah, and before uh before Joel goes and gives his thoughts, I did make this trade. I was the one who traded away Justin Fields for the 103 and 106. Uh, and I do have the 105, so that kind of played into it. But I agree with Colby. You can't fully just view, or you have to fully just view the trade as is, you know, for this for this context. So anyway, Joel, go ahead and give your thoughts. I like the trade for you. I mean, I like the trade for both sides. But the reality is, in this draft class, the 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 tier break, the truest tier break of them all, is after the 106. That's we've been saying. I mean, everyone's been saying it for a long time, but we've really been harping on it this episode simply because that's just, you know, am I going to give up an asset for what's seen as an elite asset in this draft class? Probably not. But there are concerns for both sides. I mean, if if you're going to take Bryce Young, what's what's his pro game going to look like? Is he truly the outlier that he's going to have to be to succeed in the league? He's not Kyler because Kyler is an otherworldly athlete as far as his mobility he's not drew Brees. that's you know drew Brees was just simply bigger and became a hall of famer and so there are concerns for bryce or you know whoever ends up there there are concerns for justin fields will he develop can he become a jalen hurts lamar jackson type passer to where he doesn't have to run so many times in a game and be the team's leading rusher so often. Mm-hmm. But I do really like having those two top tier picks. If the, I mean obviously if they were both quarterbacks that kind of changes a lot, but I do love the idea of getting your choice of quarterback minus 1 and likely your choice of Gibbs or JSN. And like you said, outside of the fair fleece segment, you have both of them. You're going to have both. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's just, it's a really big deal to have that 105. But in this trade only, I do like both sides. I think both teams got what they were looking for. You're getting a, a re roll of sorts and with yeah. a little extra, with a little sugar on top. And so, yeah. It's, yeah. And- it's obviously very fair. I really liked the trade overall. It's yeah. just like a, a really, good trade yeah and so here's my thought process i won't you know go too deep into it but my thought process just strictly is that we have just seen over the past couple years like obviously an an uptick in the dual threat quarterbacks and we've also seen an uptick in injuries to all those guys i mean every single like hurts lamar fields like they all sustained injuries kyler um, they've all sustained injuries. Really, the only one who hasn't is Josh Allen, um, but he's also built like a freaking tank. And so really my my thought process is, okay, Fields does not develop as a passer next year with everything that they have around him now, which, I mean, still isn't amazing, but it is much better than than last year. If he doesn't develop, he he'll get replaced. I mean, it's just the fact. Like, he's going to get replaced because they'll probably be bad enough to be um he'll probably be bad enough to to be replaced if if i had to guess um and if he doesn't develop that's that's what i'm saying there's a chance that he does develop and he is the number one two or three fantasy quarterback for the next 
five years and I totally regret this trade. I was just willing to take the risk because I do believe in really all three of the quarterbacks. Like Richardson's obviously maybe the biggest risk out of them, but I do believe in all three of the quarterbacks. And like you said, Joel, I get the sugar on top with uh, with being able to have JSN and Gibbs. Uh, so anyway, let's move on to a big trade involving arguably QB1 in Dynasty, and that is Jalen Hurts, side A, and side B is the 102, the 108, the 201, the 311, and a 24 first. Joel, why don't you go ahead and kick us off for this one? I really want to say the package, but I just don't think I can bring myself to do it. I think what we have in Jalen Hurts is really special. And who was it? Was it PFF Fantasy Football who put him as Dynasty quarterback one, I think, on Twitter? Certainly not for the clicks, right? PFF would never do that. <laughs> but I think... I mean, there's an argument. <laughs> no, there absolutely is. I mean, if he's not number one, he's top three. So for sure, I don't, I don't really think there's much to bat an eye at. That's a lot of picks, but the reality is in here in just a few weeks from this recording, those picks will be players. And are those players ever going to live up to anything remotely near Jalen Hurts? I simply don't believe they will. 102 obviously is a really big deal. He'll get his choice of quarterback. The 108, he's getting a receiver he likes, I'm guessing. But once you get past JSN, we're seeing reasons to be concerned about this draft class for receivers. And then the second and third round pick, good luck on your dart throw. And then the 24 first, you know, if it's not if it's not earlier or mid, then I think this starts to lean into a fleece. Only because the package looks really good because it's really big. You're seeing three firsts and a couple more picks, but the reality is if those picks don't turn into players that matter anywhere remotely near Jalen Hurts, then the Hurts manager is walking off into the sunset. Yeah, and I do want to add before, and I know what Colby's going to say here, uh, but I do want to add that the 24 first that he got back is this owner's own fourth, first, and he's got a really bad team. So... Uh, we do have a lottery system in our league, so there is a chance that he ends up with the worst record and is still not getting the the first pick. But if he does get the top three pick, you know he might be getting Caleb Williams or Drake May, which again they're unknown still because they haven't set foot on an NFL field. But you do feel a little bit better. I, I'm very confident in saying that if Caleb Williams stepped on an NFL field tomorrow, he'd be a top ten dynasty quarterback for me. But still, it, it, he could be a bust. We don't know. But Colby, go ahead and give your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, this is a fleece. Um, there's really, I could really, really rip into this if I wanted to. But I'll be nice tonight. You know, <laughs> the only elite asset on the package side is 102. That's really it. 24 first. 24. It, yeah, I mean, but it's like potential. I mean, he has a bad team, but he definitely doesn't have the worst team. I'm just saying, like, it's just, this is just the facts. And yeah, sure. also, also, a lot of things can happen between now and then. You know, a team could 
literally get decimated with injury and just suck and sell. I mean, like there's just so many things that can happen. Um, and then you gave up Jalen Hurts, who's 24 years old. I mean, look what he just did last year, uh, the last two seasons. I mean, he's, you know, in a startup draft, he's at worst the third pick. <laughs> I mean, we're talking the elite, elite, elite asset in Jalen Hurts. And um, this is kind of one of those deals that, you know, he looked at it. I know that he wanted to be like, hey, I'm making a big splash and I'm trying to like, you know, really, really build my team. But really what you just should have done is you just should have kept Hurts because you're not going to get a player of that caliber most likely. And if you were going to really trade Hurts, then you should have got a hell of a lot more than this. Can we do something real quick just as a quick exercise? Let's put some names to these picks. Obviously, this is all speculative because sure. none of the players on the pick side, again, have played NFL football. C.J. Stroud, who's 108. I mean, C.J. Stroud's good. Charbonnet. Like, that's a good player. Okay, yeah. C.J. Stroud, Zach Charbonnet, 201 we can put. You're maybe looking at Michael Mayer. You're maybe looking Josh, at... Josh Jones, Devon A-Chain. Somewhere around that range, yeah. Okay, 311. Let's say Colby, your boy, Jonathan. Colby, your boy, Jonathan Mingo. I'm laughing. Jonathan Mingo, Colby. I'm literally laughing that we're analyzing 311 right now. I'm crying. Why? Why are we wasting our time analyzing 311? (laughs) Okay, I'll move on. So, and then Caleb Williams. Please. Caleb Williams, Williams, Drake May. Okay, yeah. So it's definitely Caleb Williams. So what does that trade do? do does that not at so, all? So the, not yeah, even, that 24 so Colby, first is for Colby, sure. Colby, Williams. So Colby, do you not even flinch if those were the names? If, if, the he, gets, if he gets the 101 of next year, then it's probably not a fleece, but it's still, I still prefer the hurt side. And you're, this is the biggest, like, what if, like, this is like a Disney movie. Oh, what if he got <laughs> the 24 number one overall pick? Who, who knows if he will or not? It's just, you're taking a huge risk and losing a top three asset in dynasty. So it's just like, it's just not, it doesn't make any sense to me. All right. We're going to go ahead and move on to our next trade. Uh, this was another trade that I made, so I won't be diving too deep into it, but it is Kadarius Tony in one eleven or Christian Kirk. Fellas, what do y'all think? Well, I'm really excited about Calvin Ridley. And the Jaguars offense, of course, if you heard our gotta have them, gotta dump them episode, Calvin Ridley was one of mine. And for a number of reasons, not simply because of Calvin Ridley's talent alone, but the trajectory that the Jaguars offense is on. And so definitely, um, I was thinking about doing Christian Kirk as one of my price check players tonight. And so I had a few things written out about him already. I'm a little nervous simply because of Calvin really coming back. But like we said, they did lose Marvin Jones Jr. Zay Jones collected a lot of targets that he likely won't this upcoming season. And so Cal- Christian Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk should be fine there. He's been paid. Jaguars loved him that a couple off seasons ago. He's produced. And so I think there's reason to believe he can keep going in. I I would give up anywhere from 110 to 112 for him. 
I believe in him more than those rookies that you're getting at that pick. And so that's just kind of a a range, I guess. I don't know if the manager who has him would accept that pick. It just kind of depends on what they've got going on. But I think mm-hmm. he's worth a late first. And, of course, in this scenario, not only did you give a late first, you also added on a Kadarius Tony who gives people reason to be excited. Now, can he string together a healthy season? Can he string together <laughs> – you know, any sort of consistency or stability that's yet to be seen. So I do think that Christian Kirk will significantly outperform that first. And I do think that I just can't be in on Tony being a Christian Kirk type receiver until he actually does it. Bobby, thoughts? Yeah, I'll take the Christian Kirk side. I don't think it's a fleece because the 111 yeah. is still a. You know, it's an interesting pick. I mean, it's obviously there's a tier break. We talked about it, but you're still getting a young player that, you know, really could pop off, you know. But I if you if you like Tony, this is a deal to make. I personally don't at all blah when I think about him, honestly. He's more interesting at a best ball, but like I don't want any I don't want him in any lineup league I'm ever in just because I don't think he's gonna be worth it. Um if you're starting him, you're gonna be in some trouble. Kirk will give you consistent uh, PPR play like pretty much week in and week out. So I'll take Kirk here. Yeah. And that was my thoughts. You know, Kirk is only 26 and we've seen elite quarterbacks, which we, I think we all think that Trevor Lawrence is boring on that elite tier as far as fantasy purposes, at least we've seen plenty of elite quarterbacks, you know, boost up two wide receivers to be very talented and very uh, useful week in and week out. The truth with Tony, I think, you know, unless your name is Travis Kelsey, you're not guaranteed any amount of touches in the Kansas City offense. And that's just the truth. Um, we saw that with Juju last year. He had some boom weeks. He had some bust weeks. And Kadarius Tony, I just don't think will be as consistent. Uh, and so I really like Kirk, Christian Kirk. I think that he probably won't replicate a wide receiver 11 season. But I do think that he will probably consistently be a top 20 guy for the next few years i mean I, I definitely see that if he's tied to to trevor lawrence um so i got christian kirk in the deal i was happy to kind of get away from the tony side uh didn't sell high on him as i had hoped um but i still am very happy with this trade uh let's go to the last uh trade for the committed format which again the ppr full ppr super flex 12 team start 11 and here we have side A receiving Cooper Cup and Saquon Barkley and side B receiving Kyle Pitts and DK Metcalf. Colby, thoughts? Honestly, give me the Cup and Barkley side. Let's try to win a championship. Come on, baby. Wow. Yep. I think Cup's going to score a million points. Barkley's going to score a million points. I love Pitts. I've gone on yeah, record. You do love Pitts. I love him, and I I actually really like DK as well. But man, let's go try to win a championship. Yeah, let's go try to win a championship. That's just that's just what I want to do in this scenario. So I can see the value for to get Pitts, and I I like DK as well. I think he's a top fifteen guy pretty easily. But you know, sometimes you just need to put the pedal to the metal and try to win. And I I like it. Not a fleece. Yeah, not by any means. DK has been a guy who I've acquired in a number of leagues this offseason. And Pitts is a player who I've come around on. You know, we're getting there with him. But like you said, Colby, when you see the opportunity 
to get two players at the caliber of Cooper Cup and Saquon Barkley and you see a window, you see an opportunity for your team, you do it because not only can those two players put you in the conversation, they can sometimes put you over the top. Right. So if those two players stay healthy and you can get a – I mean, it doesn't even have to be 2021 Cooper Cup. It can be a percentage of that, and you'll still be ecstatic. And Saquon Barkley just has to stay healthy because you know the Giants are going to feed him. So I've really, again, not a fleece by any means. Both teams did what they went into the trade to do. But I love love the Cup and Saquon side simply because of what it signifies for that team. Yeah, I agree. I think y'all hit it, uh, hit the nail right on the head here. Cup and Saquon are both elite assets still. Obviously, you're giving up the youth here with with Pitts and DK. I'm not a huge DK guy, uh, truthfully. We Joel and I refer to him as Binky Boy. Uh, if you've ever seen him on the field, his uh, his pacifier. I mean, his uh, sorry, uh, his mouth guard looks like a pacifier. And yeah, I'm just not a huge fan of him. I, I do really like the cup and Saquon side. You could say that maybe the owner fell asleep at the wheel uh, whenever he made this trade, but I really do still like the, I still love Pitts uh, and I do like DK, but I'm, I'm going with the cup and Barkley side. All right. Our last trade is a, in a one quarterback, 10 team, half PPR start 10 league. And it is Brandon Ayuk, who we've talked about quite a bit on this podcast, or Rashad Bateman and the 205. Joel, what do you think? So I haven't been a fan of Rashad Bateman since he was drafted just because I felt like he was just a little overvalued. I felt like his skill set, I don't know. I I truly can't even pinpoint what it was, but I've never (laughs) been a huge fan of him. And so far it's kind of come to fruition. Now that's not saying he's bad. It's just saying, I don't think he was necessarily worth what we put him as because everyone's also been due to injury though, to be fair. Yeah, absolutely. And he looked, he looked good at the beginning of last season. There's no telling how he would have looked with pro bowl quarterback, Tyler Huntley. Facts. But I think there's a reality that, you know, if he can put together, he's kind of like a Tony. He doesn't necessarily play as electric as Tony simply because they they have two different play styles. But I think if he can string together a healthy season, if you have him, you'll be glad you held. But I don't think he necessarily will become a wide receiver 15 season like Ayuk just put together. I think Ayuk's just more of a complete receiver. And it just helps that Ayuk is also very young still. So there's still room to grow for him. And, you know, having, I think having the people around Ayuk that the 49ers have is better for him because I don't think he's built to be a receiver one on a team. So I think it's good that they have weapons around him that give him opportunities to be isolated versus a defense. Bulby? Yeah, I made this trade. Um, <laughs> I'm high-key fading Bateman. I have two more shares of him if you want them. Come get him. I, don't, I really don't want him anymore. And I just think his perceived value is a lot more is a lot higher than it, it should be. But um, to get a player like Ayuk, 
honestly, this was kind of shot in the dark, but I think I fleeced him. Yeah, I think that there is uh, definitely a discussion to be had about that. The 205 in a 10-team, one-quarterback league just truthfully is not going to be incredibly valuable. Um, It's just not. And Ayuk's the much better player. And so you're getting a much better player and a more consistent player who is still incredibly young, uh, so still incredibly valuable for Dynasty versus a guy in Bateman who, you know, obviously he's had some flashes. He's looked good. He looked good to start the season, but he's had a couple injuries already. He's in an interesting offense. You know, they're still like, it seems like with the Odell news that Lamar is coming back to Baltimore, but you know, like what, what is that offense going to look like? They have a new offensive coordinator who does love to throw the ball a lot more, but still, I, I don't know if, Bateman will ever return the full value of IU, kind of uh, how Joel alluded, alluded to it. And so I'm going with the IU side pretty heavily. Um, I have Bateman in uh, our committed league, and I'd be fine moving him uh, for you know something like this, obviously. But I, I don't know if I can get that, something like this in the league. But yeah, I, I'm kind of with you, Colby. I'm, I'm kind of off of Bateman. Uh, I was really hype on him, really high on him, but kind of just I'm cooling off for sure. But anyway, that's going to do a, it for... It's a sad situation, I think, because yeah. he is talented, um, but I just, don't, I just don't think that he's really worth holding out hope for if you can get a deal like this. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, that's going to do it for this week's Fair or Fleece. Uh, we thank you so much for for listening to this episode. We thank you so much for uh, just the continued support that we've gotten. It's been it's been really awesome to see. Uh, we are on Twitter. We are very active at CFG Pod on Twitter. Uh, we're also still on Instagram at CFG uh, Podcast on there. Uh, you can follow us on both those platforms. Keep up with us. Uh, we do interact on Twitter way more. Uh, I will say that. Uh, and, and we'd love to to hear tweets. We'd love to hear. Uh, more of your trades for fair fleece so you can email us at cfgpod at gmail.com for that um but our next episode uh, is going to be our live round or really post round one nfl draft reaction right after it's over we're hopping on we're going to be giving our reaction and that'll be out uh friday morning uh of the nfl draft so and we're just looking forward to to interacting with you all and, and continuing to grow in the Dynasty community. Uh, but I'm Philly. I'm Colby. And I'm Joel. And this has been the Committed Football Guys podcast. See ya. <laughs>